This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Right, and this is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Joining me today is the sheriff, the sheriff of Delaware County, that is, Craig Dumont. Welcome to the program, Craig. It's been a long time since we've had you on. Good morning, Kathy. Yes, it has been a while. I've missed being on. Uh, thank you for having me again. Well, we like to you know, make sure that we recognize and cover, it is the Southern Tier close-up, but it's really the Twin Tiers close-up, but you know, we want to make sure that we don't just exclusively make people think that we're only concerned with Broome County. We, uh, we are fully aware that there's a lot of stuff going on in the neighboring counties around um, Binghamton as well, and we get a lot of information from you and appreciate that. And uh, I have to say, Sheriff, you don't mince words a lot of times. There's a, there's distinct uh, information at the end of uh, news releases concerning some pertinent issues, including over the past couple years about the bail reform um, and people being uh, let loose where normally they would have been held. And uh, if you care to, you've got an open stage right now if you want to let people know what you think about that. Well, certainly, Kathy, as you've said, um, you know, no one really has to go very far to find out my opinion on bail reform and what I call the the, the failed bail reform initiative uh, by the New York State Legislature and the governor. Um, it's been an absolute disaster for uh, law enforcement, but more, most importantly, it's been a disaster for the victims that have been created by this um, legislation. Um, you know, we all can agree that, you know, that, that, that the only thing that stays the same is everything changes. So you can always look at things and, and make changes uh, to existing structure, laws, legislation, whatever it may be. And, and I'm all for that. And when it comes to, you know, um, you know, incarcerating people for minor or low level offenses, um, that doesn't make sense to anyone, I don't think, you know, so certainly we can look at stuff that, you know, uh, crimes that necessarily don't create victims, and, and look at uh, a program such as or legislation such as bail reform and say, you know, something that that makes sense and it works. But to include uh, bail reform and, and people just being released on appearance tickets for, you know, offenses such as rape and manslaughter and whatnot, burglary of These people that have repeated and repeated and repeated and they're still being cut loose. Right, and there's no provision in the in the in the legislation for that for repeat offenders, um, you know, or to or to uh, determine a person's dangerousness, uh, which is you know what what do we pay judges to do? We, we pay judges for their expert opinions and their and their decisive uh, wisdom to make these types of decisions on cases, and um, you know that's all you know. I think that um, us in law enforcement are looking at you. Know, we don't have to be the end all say all. Well, let a judge make the decision, but you know, decisions on some of these cases should definitely be. Uh, made on the basis of dangerousness to the community and the potential of, um, of further victims. Well, this has been quite the year. I, I, I almost started off our conversation with, so anything going on in the past year or so? <laughs> um, and not just for for you, but obviously I, I, very early in the pandemic, I was talking with our uh, law enforcement people here in the Binghamton area about the concerns and uh, securing businesses when things were locked down and all this kind of things. Well, just this past a week or so, we got a news release from your office, from the sheriff's desk, that has like four pages worth of of scam stuff, and that just begs the next high question on my list. Craig, what's wrong with people? <laughs> what <laughs> well, what is know, seriously wrong with people? 
unfortunately, while the rest of us are working, you know, one, two, three jobs to try to make ends meet and, and support our families and be productive members of the community, we have a we have a segment of our community that, that does nothing but spends 24 hours a day, seven days a week to figure out how to circumvent systems and scam people out of their money. And uh, um, it's, it, it is an unfortunate thing. We've definitely seen a huge increase in it uh, when it comes to the COVID pandemic, you know, with the, with the additional unemployment benefits primarily that were being given in people, you know, scamming people's personal information to obtain unemployment benefits that they don't qualify for. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that folks have received letters in the mail or phone calls from the Department of Labor that have said, hey, I have questions about your unemployment status, and the person's, well, I'm not receiving unemployment benefits. So, you know, whether it's this, whether it's the grandparent scams, whether it's the, the COVID relief, the stimulus check uh, scams, um, you know, there's there's just a litany of them. And like you said, I listed several of them uh, from my uh, from the sheriff's test article that I just want to make people aware of uh, to protect themselves, because a lot of times these uh, scams originate from offshore locations. And although, you know, a report to the FBI is um, is always generated, um, an arrest is never generated. Uh, so, you know, picture the Federal Bureau of Investigation conducting an investigation on someone being scammed out of a couple thousand dollars. Um, offshore someplace in some remote location. It just isn't going to happen. So with our best um, our best uh, um, prevention is due diligence, and so right. that's why I want to put this out to the people. Well, and, and sometimes I know you probably feel the same way I do. We in the news media, we're doing our darndest to keep putting this information out, too, and we get frustrated when we get news releases back from you people, from New York State Police, from the Pennsylvania State Police, from the Sheriff's Office, about somebody being scammed. It's not always elderly people, but many times it is. It's, sometimes we feel, how many times do we have to tell you people to be careful? It's not just the creativity of the bad guys, which it seems to know no bounds, but it just is frustrating that people just still fall for this stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, it's remarkable. Remarkable that people still fall for it, um, you know. And, and as you as you said, Kathy, a number of people, um, especially our senior citizens, seem to be particularly vulnerable. You know, when it comes to the grandparent scams, yeah. I can't tell you countless times I've I've heard um, uh, a senior citizen tell me, "Well, it sounded just like my grand my grandson or my granddaughter on the phone." And uh, it's it's remarkable that so many people have said that exact same phrase and actually believe. Um, the things that are happening, you know, the, the, it goes back to the old analogy. If it, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably isn't true. Um, if if it sounds like something that's out of character for your grandchild, especially, you know, and even if it's not, call and verify. Don't don't ever follow the directions of the person that calls you. Um, you know, the law enforcement are never going to call you and demand money from you. That's not our role. That's not what we do. You know, so if something sounds off. Um, it's best to verify and not get wrapped up in the emotional aspect. The thing that kind of slays me are the ones that that some people are so easily frightened. And, I, I mean, I've been getting a bunch of, of threatening emails that says that I've committed some crime, and if I don't report to court, I'm going to get, you know, and I know damn well I haven't. I mean, I'm so squeaky clean, it's embarrassing. But it's uh, it, these people that they should know that they haven't done anything wrong, but they still have been told that they you know, drugs or something and are involved with their account and they still think that they're going to go to jail and they they fall for it that way just out of plain intimidation and fear. It's it's so sad. Yeah, 
Yeah, certainly it is sad, and, and everyone is vulnerable to these types of emails and phone calls. I know I get them myself, and I have a good time when I talk to the yeah, people Yeah, that's about funny. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, um, again, you know, what I would re- what I'd really urge people to do is don't be afraid. Just call the police. Just call your local law enforcement um, agency and report the, the action. Um, believe me, um, there's ways we can check it out to see if it's legitimate or not. And there's probably about a 99% chance it's not going to be legitimate. Uh, the, the one, the, the newest ones, you mentioned the things are that are related to COVID, besides stimulus check stuff, which that's a big one with people trying to get uh, your bank account information and stuff, saying you're a faster way of getting your stimulus check. But the people that have actually contacted people and saying that they have a way for them to get the vaccine if they give them information or pay them something to get them the vaccine quicker, it's it's just what is wrong with people? I mean, that's all I can say. Well, like I say, these these folks, unfortunately, you know, that's this is what they do. They spend twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, figuring out how to scam people out of money. And uh, you know, what's remarkable about that is that they spent half as much time actually trying to be productive. They probably just do very well. Yeah, and well, not wreck themselves. Maybe they would have come up with the vaccine for COVID faster than even uh, Pfizer or those guys. <laughs> if they'd put their minds to it and, and but the no. funny but the funny thing is on the flip side of it um i actually got i i'm so overly cautious i actually got a phone call from a division of my doctor's office and, uh trying to get me to enlist and this is legit get me to enlist in a clinical trial for a vaccine that's being developed right now and i did not return the phone call to the clinical research company i called my doctor's office first to verify that it was not a ghosting number where it was what looked like a legitimate number and i can to confirm that this was really a a legitimate thing because i could see where somebody was saying i can guarantee that you're going to get a covid shot you'll be part of a clinical trial we're going to pay you a generous stipend for your participation now give me your medical information or whatever turned out with my case it was legit but that's where you have to have the due diligence or you could fall for something that's really bad and you did exactly what should be done kathy so kudos to you that's i'm just a suspicious person greg (laughs) (laughs) well and now we mentioned that there have been so many challenges um, from administration right straight down and especially down through the ranks when we were talking, as I mentioned early in the program, about keeping an eye on businesses that were closed during the complete shutdown, keeping an eye out for um, when people were not supposed to be on the roads and then people taking advantage of situations. Your office has been very busy, and you've got some terrific men, women, and even canines on the force that uh, really have been doing bonkers of job for the past year or so. Yes, certainly. Um, we, um, you know, it's, it's been a challenging year for law enforcement, and uh, we've seen our um, duties expand. We've seen our cases um, become, uh, you know, uh, acres of crimes and stuff that we're dealing with that we hadn't been dealing with before. Um, have all been challenging. So, you know, just recently, actually yesterday, uh, you should see a press release on this. One of the things that we've done at our, at our sheriff's office is we held our annual uh, employee awards ceremony yesterday. And um, it gave us a chance to really thank the men and women who are out there um, every day uh, in service to the people performing these jobs um, and doing uh, a remarkable job regardless of the, the challenges that we have. You know, it's um, I was I was specifically... You know, just 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 absolutely delighted that I gave out I don't know probably a couple of dozen perfect attendance awards and these awards are given 
for members of my agency that, that show up to work every day, day in, day out, don't call in sick, um, don't take excessive time. Um, everything is, you know, there, there's no unexcused absences, so to speak. And, and there was just so, there was probably a couple dozen people that we handed those awards out to yesterday. And that's truly remarkable in these days and times, you know, when everyone was concerned, especially when COVID first broke and we had family members and, you know, and friends and everyone was fearful um, to, to, to see that these people um, disregarded their own purpose, personal safety, continued to work. And it's just not unique for us, but, you know, we're, we're talking about our members right now. Um, and came to work every day. Um, I just it just warms my heart. And then additionally, we, you know, of course, gave out our deputy of the year, corrections officer of the year. Um, both of those were life saving awards this year, so we're very we're very proud of those things. And then a number of um, certificates of commendation uh, for specific cases and duties that deputies and corrections staff just stood out on. So, you know, I just think it's important to do these things, especially in these days and times, in the times of COVID, in the times of a lot of. You know, there's some anti-police rhetoric out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, it's important for the staff of my office to understand the community does support them, and they do support the great work that they do, and I'm honored to give them those awards. We we have about a minute and a half left. Let's talk about that police reform uh, situation. It, it is a tough time for law enforcement officers because it seems like the pendulum swings back and forth. At first they love you and then they hate you, more so in the past year or so than it had been. How has the police reform stuff been going over in Delaware County? Well, we passed our um, police reform plan a couple of weeks ago. It was unanimous passed by our county board of supervisors. Um, from my aspect, it was a very productive um, session, very, very busy. Like I said, a lot of additional duties and stuff to do uh, to put that together. But we had a robust um, uh, amount of community members that assisted us, um, as well as our county division heads and whatnot. There were, um, you know, our, our mental health and, and substance abuse services and whatnot, which really were our most significant concerns are in Delaware County. It really gave us an opportunity to look under the hood, so to speak, and, and come up with new ideas. You know, I'm a, I'm a person that doesn't think I'm the smartest guy in the room. I like to so surround myself with those people and uh, give them the tools and resources they need to do a good job, and then everyone rises together as a result. And I think we did that as a result of the police reform plan. We've got a, a, a number of uh, great initiatives that come out of that plan that I think are going to make services and, um, and life better for people in Delaware County. So I'm happy with it. Well, we are out of time, and I have to say, if there is one thing to have come out of this whole entire year, it definitely was a learning experience and a chance for a lot of people to take a second look at how things are done and how things can be done in the future, and maybe it all wasn't totally bad? No, I agree with you. You know, we will forever operate in kind of a new normal in some aspects. Some of those things, you know, as I said earlier, Kathy, um, the only thing that stays the same is everything changes, and we right. just have to roll with those changes and do the best job that we can, and I'm happy um, as a community we can come together and do that. Well, thank you very much for being my guest, and uh, give my best regards to all the men and women in your departments and, and on the force and, and doing the best to keep Delaware County and the Southern Tier safe. Thank you very much. We appreciate the opportunity, Kathy. Thank you very much for having me. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. Here's your WNBF Twin Tiers forecast. Most